When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, how are we doing? Uh, this is the very first episode of Steelers Draft Talk. I'm your host, Derek Bell. With me is my good buddy, Nick Martin. Um, you can find us um, wherever you get your podcast stuff or over on youtube.com slash all Steelers. Um, Nick, how are we doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited to talk some draft prospects and talk some ball, man. Yeah, super excited, man. Um, honestly, um, Nick and I both are overjoyed about the opportunity to start this podcast. Um, definitely something I've wanted to do for, for a really long time. Um, for those of you that follow me on Twitter or have listened to me talk, um, you know, on Fridays with Noah, you guys know how passionate I am about the NFL draft. Um, and there's not too many more people that are into this stuff as much as I am. And, you know, Nick's one of them. So that's really um, awesome for me um, to get to, you know, chop it up, talk some draft stuff, you know, really year round, um, you know, kind of past the time. So excited about that. Excited to get going. Um, Hope you guys really enjoy the content. So um, Nick, to get started, man, I wanted to talk about some guys that, you know, caught your attention last week during the college football slate. Um, you know, who who was somebody that it really impressed you last week? I was honestly pretty impressed with uh, Anthony Richardson. Uh, Richardson's had a really uneven season uh, showing like his best performance, like the, got the performance that got everyone's attention at Utah. And then he follows up like a performance like that and then has the game against Kentucky. And the things with his the the things I was liking with him in his game at Texas A&M was his tendency to step into the pocket, climb up, and find the extra guy with pressure around him. And I thought that ability to throw off-platform within the pocket was just really stood out. And, of course, ridiculous athlete. And I think watching Justin Fields uh, this past week as well, just seeing them being – just seeing him being able to make plays with his legs the way he does, I think that's going to entice a lot of people with Anthony Richardson. Uh, it's unknown whether he will declare this year or not. There's a rumor going around from Tony Pauline that he's uh, from Pro Football Network saying that he's heard from the people within the Florida Brass saying that he's going to go into this year's draft. But I can't say whether or not it's the right or wrong decision. Um, I think if the NFL likes him enough, I think that there's going to be a lot of reasons to take him high. 
warts and all, he's still very young. He has inexperience and, you know, it shows up. It, his mechanics sometimes don't are, are get a little funky. I think he has a clean release overall, but I do think when he is in the pocket, there are tendencies for his base to get kind of narrow as he steps in because he's when he keeps his feet under him as he climbs, he's very um, he'll he'll click his heels occasionally, and that causes him to lose quite a bit of power on some of his throws. There was instances against Kentucky where you could see the ball kind of like float, and I was like, "Yeah, like those are the types of things that you want to work on." But that's much easier to fix than something like like locking out your front leg and not getting that hip rotation through. Like there's a lot of guys that they, they develop those bad habits and they just was really hard to break. But overall, I see a lot of encouraging things from Anthony Richardson. Yeah. I mean, Richardson was a guy I felt like everybody was really excited about seeing, you know, we didn't really get to see much of him last year. What we did see was, you know, pretty encouraging, but like you mentioned, just the combination of, you know, arm talent and, you know, athletic ability, you know, is enough to pique the interest of pretty much everybody. Um, I'm not sure in in my eyes. Um, I hadn't seen that report from um, Pro Football Network. Um, and, it, you know, I don't doubt that that could be, end up being the case, especially if he strings together some strong performances down the stretch. Um, Richardson's a guy for me that I'm looking for for 2024. I mean, next year's quarterback class, um, if you throw Richardson in there and you get a jump from him, I think could be quite good. Um, but again, all it takes, if, if Richardson's still getting feedback, um, after the season that he's going to be, you know, a potential round one guy, then I definitely don't doubt that, you know, he's going to jump. Um, I'm not sure that he's ready, but, you know, I did see some of the same things against Texas A&M, um, this past weekend, um, with him stepping up into the pocket. And I thought that that was encouraging because I'm not really sure that I saw that as consistently in the games that I watched early this season. Um, but just, he looked really comfortable, um, and I thought that was, you know, encouraging overall. He's definitely a guy, you know, definitely talented enough to be an NFL quarterback. It's just a matter of like stringing together consistency, not just game to game, but like snap to snap. And that's yeah. the thing that that's been my takeaway really from watching him this year. Um, you know, I'll kind of get to, you know, my guy that I've uh, kind of circled this past weekend, uh, Christian Gonzalez, corner from Oregon. Um, you know, a junior who transferred from Colorado last year, uh, physical profile just off the charts. I mean, 6'2", 200 pounds. Uh, he was a Feldman's Freaks guy um, from the athletic um, on the preseason list. And, you know, they had him clocked at 23 miles per hour on the GPS, 42-inch vertical. Um, and, you know, the speed really shows up on tape. I mean, he is a, an incredibly smooth mover. Um, you know, Oregon, one of the hottest teams in the country. I'm not really sure how Bo Nix is pulling all of this off. Um, you know, they're really on a roll. And they went into Colorado this past weekend, you know, where he transferred from. And Gonzalez had, you know, the game maybe of his career from what I've seen. Uh, two picks, one of them, which was almost a pick six. Um, you just look at the tape. Um, you know, I watched the UCLA game, just really fluid hips, a smooth mover. Um, and he's starting to find like the football more consistently. I remember when I watched him over the summer, uh, when he was at Colorado, that was something that I kind of had in my notes, like needs to find the ball needs to locate the ball better in the air. 
Um, and I think you're starting to see that, you know, that that second, that first interception was a good inter, uh, example of that um, last weekend where he was able to turn and find the ball, and, you know, it was thrown right to him. Um, and then the second one where he was kind of coming off that switch release, like we talked about before the show. Um, and he made that nice break on the ball, you know, caught the ball away from his frame. I've seen him try to do that a couple times, but that was, um, you know, one of the few examples I've seen where he's actually caught the ball away from his frame, which isn't, you know, it's a good bonus for a corner. Um, definitely something you like to see, um, you know, a smooth transition out of his break, out of his pedal. He's a guy that, um, you know, I think when we're looking for, you know, Keely Ringo's kind of in that CB1 um, touted player really throughout the summer. But like when we're looking for other guys to leap into that round one conversation, I think for me, Gonzalez is very firmly in that discussion in terms of, you know, which players we should be watching for to kind of make that rise. Yeah, I fully agree with that on Christian Gonzalez and, you know, having that frame, that that height and that athleticism is already enticing enough. But the film study to go with it, like you said, on the second play, just the the ability to match the second receiver, come back off the switch release and intercept the ball. That's the type of stuff I would really like to see out of corners and just how their film study goes into how they prepare, you know, how they, you know, how, how consistently they, sh- it, their ball skills show up. Sure. Yeah. I, I was really interested in, um, in that I kind of watched, we talked about it uh, before the show, but I was watching like his post game presser, you know, he was trying to really downplay the significance of like going back to Colorado, like the visiting locker room type of thing. Um, you know, getting to see all of his old friends on his old team. Um, but they asked him about how that second interception kind of came about. He was talking about, you know, just film study, um, how much work he puts into it. Um, and then how, you know, he knew that basically when they got in that stacked alignment, there was only so many different route combinations that they would run. So basically, you know, he had a read on it, like as it was happening in real time. And that's how you make those uh, good breaks in zone coverage. And um, that that's what's kind of interesting to me is uh, there's – some really encouraging reps and press the kid can move with anybody. And that's, that's really what you like in terms of like a press corner, when you look at the length and the speed um, and how he can, you know, flip his hips and run, there's really not a lot of guys that are going to be able to, you know, just be better athletes than he is. And uh, that's definitely translatable. Um, And it's nice to see, um, you know, when guys are starting to take that leap, you know, heading into the last part of the season, uh, because, you know, he's a guy that's probably going to declare early and you want to kind of end the year, you know, on a high note playing your best ball. And I definitely think that Gonzalez is somebody that's, you know, doing that right now. Um, let's see here. Let, let's talk about, um, you know, the Steelers kind of threw us a threw us a bone, if you will, uh, <laughs> by trading Chase Claypool for a second round pick. Uh, they all, not they just were- because. Not just because it was a good uh, was a good trade. And, you know, my opinion, I know you feel the same way. Um but, you know, it gives us more to t- more draft capital to kind of talk about some possibilities. Um, you know, it definitely generates a lot of interest in terms of what's going to transpire in the spring. Um, but I feel like the two names that are kind of popping up the most on my timeline uh, prospect wise, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter. Obviously, the Steelers are struggling right now, two and six. Um, you know, so they're going to be in that potential range uh, to get both of those guys. So. I wanted to definitely hit on those guys, get, you know, your thoughts on both of them as a player and then kind of like who you value a little bit more 
Um, let's start with Will Anderson. What, what's your what's your overall takeaways from from Anderson so far? My overall takeaway is um, Anderson is very polished with his hands. He understands uh, how to approach each snap with his pass rush plan. He very solid at generating power from from the speed and overall everything is really from a technical standpoint he's very sound and he's i i like how he's able to stack these he's able to set the edge and 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 um how he how he fits as a run support guy um overall he's had some missed tackles this year i think he's like i think he had upwards to like over double digit missed tackles this year and it really showed up against lsu they had you know there were instances of him having a guy in the backfield and not being able to corral to corral him um he might be a little shorter armed than you know shorter wingspan than then you're hoping for a guy like that. And one of the things with Will Anderson is he's a good athlete and he's a blue chip in terms of his technical ability. But I don't see I'm I'm not going to say he doesn't have bent because he definitely does, but I think he str- I think he gets pushed up the arc a little too far at times and there are some plays where I think he should just be able to turn that tight corner and be able to, you know, get behind, get the strip sack. And I just didn't see that consistently enough from him. And that's not what you want to see in like, if you're debating between him and Jalen Carter, personally for me, I'm leaning towards Carter, but we'll get into Carter a little later for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with the kind of bend aspect for Anderson. I definitely think he can bend. Like, he's not a guy that I think is stiff, um, but I don't see that as being like a overwhelming strength for him. Uh, like you mentioned, just the technical refinement, especially with the hand usage, it's incredible. I think he's, you know, really for me, it starts with the get off. I mean, that's the number one thing that I look for in terms of like pass rushers, especially edge guys. You just don't like if you if you were to stack the top twenty edge rushers um, in the NFL, you'd probably get like eighteen of those guys that have elite first steps. I mean, the get off portion of being an edge rusher is so important at the next level, and I definitely think Anderson has that. Um, I also think with Anderson, what makes him unique is for one, the lateral agility. Like the dude can literally cover multiple gaps. And run support, I mean, the way that he moves laterally is not what you typically get, I think, from an edge rusher. Um, And also, like, he was incredibly productive as a sophomore, over 30 tackles for loss, like 17 and a half sacks, I think. Um, There has been a little bit of a dip in production this year. Still incredibly productive. I mean, he's leading the SEC in tackles for loss. He's like top five in pressures, only seven sacks. Like you said, he's missed some opportunities um, in the backfield this year that are a little bit concerning in terms of missed tackles. Um, I also think that we need to be careful about what we're looking at when we look at those box score numbers in terms of production, um, because he's not a guy that is just lining up in a wide nine and just rushing off the edge every play. Like yeah. Bama is asking him to play like three tech, four eye, like with his hand in the dirt, 
I don't think that that's necessarily the greatest thing for him because it's not what he's going to do at the next level. But I do think he does it pretty well. Like there are some instances of him playing like three tech, taking on double teams and making the play and run support. Like he's a really good run defender, partially because, especially for his size. I mean, he's only he's only about two hundred and forty pounds. Um, he's a really good run defender for his size, and I think that um, it's definitely not the same um, in terms of like build or skill set as like Trayvon Walker. But that's what made Trayvon Walker such a high floor pick last year. Um, was that he was an incredible run defender. And I think Anderson, while maybe not that like, you know, elite run defender, but he's really, he's a really good run defender and he's a, a much more refined pass rusher. I want to see him start to add more moves to his bag too. I was a little, I, that's the one thing that I think I've been most curious about because I wanted to see more of a pass rush plan coming into the season because he's a, he's a really good athlete. You know, he's really refined. I want to see, um, you know, what type of move, like he has a good set of like counters, but I, I want to see, like, I thought he should add like maybe a cross chop or something like that to kind of go with, um, his repertoire, but we haven't really seen that, um, kind of just yet, but, you know, very good prospect. I think we just, we might've gotten ahead of ourselves in terms of like labeling him as like generational, like he's not Miles Garrett. Yeah. No, I think, I, I, I think it's fair. Yeah. I I think I completely want to, I think we're 100% on the same page on with Will Anderson. Uh, like you mentioned uh, as a run defender though, like he's not, he's not that big, but he, he holds up extremely well, especially along the interior when he's getting doubled and stuff like that. Like they use him as a four eye, like you mentioned, and I'm kind of getting flashbacks to how Charlotte used Alex Highsmith before, yeah. before, uh, before they moved him into a more prominent wide nine role. And, um, you know, I think personally for me, I don't look at sack numbers. I don't look at the, I don't look at the box scores with edge rushers. I look for con for disruption because production is disruption. And when you're constantly just getting pressure in the backfield, you're, you're constantly just making the quarterback feel uncomfortable. That's valuable. I prefer that over a guy with like 12 sacks who just capitalized 12 opportunities into sacks, but did nothing with the rest of the snaps. Yeah. And I think uh, just kind of the last thing on Anderson, like the amount of power, like he plays with great leverage. And I think that that's, that's something that, you know, he uses to his advantage really at all times, um, especially when they kick him inside because he knows he has to. Um, but just the amount of power that that dude can generate, like through his core, his lower body, um, you know, is really impressive, especially for a guy, like I said, who's a little bit lighter. Um, but, you know, let's let's talk about Jalen Carter, too. Um, you know, kind of, in my opinion, when we were, you know, getting ready for the pod, um, I, I said that I think we've got three kind of blue chip prospects in this class, at least from what I've seen so far. Um, and I think it's Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, and Bryce Young, um, at least in my opinion, as we stand here today. You know, Carter is a really interesting kid. I'm I'm really upset that he got hurt early in the season off of that really, like, dirty, in my opinion, play um, where he kind of got hit with that low block yeah. um, because this was, this was a guy that I really wanted to see more of this year. You know, Georgia had five first-round defenders taken last year in the draft. And I, I really thought that every time I would go watch like the Kobe Dean or Jordan Davis or Devonte Wyatt, 
I really thought that Jalen Carter was the best player on the defense. <laughs> like it was unreal how much he was popping on tape without me even watching him. Um, and just the blend of power and just twitch for a guy that that is that size, like 300 pounds, like no one, like you don't want to compare people to Aaron Donald, but that first step that Aaron Donald has like off the ball, like Carter does has some reps where like he's off the ball. I swear before like the center's even like beginning to raise up and it's just, it's impressive to see like that type of movement skills for a guy that size. Um, you know, he had a sack and what two forced fumbles last week against Tennessee, that forced fumble in the end zone. He literally just bull rushes right through that right guard, just sends him right back in the quarterback's lap. I mean, his highs, I think are as good as like any defensive lineman we've probably seen in like the last four or five years. That that Kentucky game from last year is legitimately one of the best tapes that I saw all of last season. And he wasn't even draft eligible. Like I wasn't even watching him on a play by play basis, but he was just dominating that game up front. I mean, he's pretty, pretty special player in my opinion. Yeah, no Carter to me, like, he was the best player on a ridiculously talented Georgia team last year. Like every time I was watching Georgia, I was just like, I got to watch Jalen Carter. Cause he's just destroying this. He's just destroying this, this double team right here. Like the thing with Carter is I love how refined his hand usage is and just how good he is at generating consistent pressure when he is on the field. Carter he's it's really weird he has like a like almost like a like a taller build but he's not as like he he's very proportionate he's not like super like like javon hargrave where he's like super built in like the upper legs he's just all around like like built and he's just massive he's a, <laughs> yeah he's yeah he's he's that guy and i love how he I, I you mentioned the sack against Tennessee. I really love how he just like defeats, like he starts with the bull rush, goes with a push pull, swims over, and then just gets right into Hendon Hooker's face. And Carter, just his ability to consistently like get off the ball very quickly. There are instances of when teams try to pull. Um, their guards and he just ends up beating the puller to the spot and then the the play's completely dead at that point and I just really love seeing that type of athleticism and that type of ability to defeat blocks with your hands he's in my opinion he's if there's a I don't like the term generational but if there's a generational player in this class uh, Carter's the one that I would I, I would say, and he's who I prefer over Will Anderson. A little bit, a little bit different in terms of, because um, Carter is he's so massive and he's like thick and well built throughout, and so he's a little bit difficult to kind of compare to most defensive tackles. When I watch Carter, I see some of the same traits that make Kenny Clark so good. Like maybe not a one by one comparison, but like Kenny Clark's a guy in Green Bay constantly disruptive mainly due to power has incredible bull rush and first step quickness like he can get off the ball and just be incredibly disruptive in the middle and 
you know, in terms of, you know, what you're looking for in a top, you know, five, we'll call it, um, draft pick. Carter checks a lot of the boxes. Um, Same thing with Will Anderson. Um, If you're going to take a defender in that range instead of, you know, taking a quarterback or, you know, trading back um, to acquire more picks, like maybe in the Steelers case, you got to have an incredibly disruptive player up front. And I think both of those guys check those boxes. They just kind of do it in a little bit different ways. Um, It's definitely something that's going to make for a good discussion kind of down the line. Um, You know, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about those guys, you know, see how they finish the season. Hopefully Carter's healthy the rest of the way. Um, You know, Anderson, it's weird because I don't really know that he can do much more to help his draft stock. Um, Cause he's a guy too. And just one more thing on him. I almost feel like he's getting a little bit of what we did with uh, not me, but what we all in the draft space did with uh Kayvon Thibodeau last year Yeah, where it's like, he's been so great for so long that now it feels like we've just kind of grown bored of him. And that's what I, my, some of the takes I was seeing about Thibodeau, like, doesn't like football, like not productive enough. And I'm like, dude, what are we doing? Like this kid's going to star since he stepped foot on college campus. Um, but it's going to be a good discussion. Um, you know, the Steelers in particular, I think, you know, we're probably headed, even though the schedules, you know, lightens up. I think they're going to be at least within striking distance of, you know, those guys being attainable in the draft, which is going to be really exciting. Cause I think if you plant them on a healthy Steelers defense, even right now, um, you know, you're really excited about the potential there. Yeah. And you don't have to, you, it, um, in particular from a team building aspect, um, this is just my opinion, but I think the team could really use, uh, benefit from re-signing Highsmith and then taking Jalen Carter because at some point Cam Hayward's going to retire. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know that, we won't get into that aspect of it of it a ton but Hayward is kind of like has slowed down a little bit this year in terms of like overall production you know some of that could be due to you know why not really being um you know healthy all season but you know like you said you can't fend off father time for like too too long so you know we'll we'll see kind of how that that goes the rest of the season but um before we get out of here let's talk about what we're watching for this weekend you know we got another good um college football slate um, on the horizon, what are, what are some things that you're watching for, um, on Saturday? So there's quite a few games, but, um, uh, main game in particular I'm looking at is going to be Washington and Oregon. Washington runs this really, um, vertical, um, vertical offense, and they got some pretty good playmakers like Romo Dunze, a wide receiver. I'm very interested to see how he matches up with, uh, Christian Gonzalez of, uh, Oregon and, uh, they they got they've had some interesting play from their quarterback as well Michael Penix who I haven't really seen a ton of draft buzz on and I think he's shown a lot as a vertical passer I was a little not I was a little disappointed um, with his performance against Oregon State a lot of unevenness some instances of the commentators like talking about his arm and then immediately throwing an inter- like a throwing a bad <laughs> interception yeah, it was just like I'm just like I'm watching him for the first time live and I'm just like, oh man, <laughs> like I want to see how he looks against like a, a good team against Oregon. And in particular, I also want to see how Bo Nix has looked. Um, I've watched him a few times. Uh, they tend to run a lot of play action and he's been doing really well off that play action. 
Bo's going to create a lot of interesting discussions, and I'm not going to quite get into it here, but um, his renaissance in Oregon has been an awesome story to watch overall. Yeah, I, I tweeted something. Uh, it was like a week or two ago, and it, it was uh, it was about not uh, not getting sucked into the Bo Nix hype. But I mean, you can't deny that he hasn't played extremely well. Like since that Georgia game in particular, I mean, there's very few quarterbacks in the nation. I mean, it's definitely not more than eight or ten that have played better than he has. So, um, regardless, you know, hats off to him. Can't can't be a hater, even though if I'm still not completely buying into the hype. Um, you know, my, my thing is, um, I'm really excited to see this Maryland Penn state game. Um, maybe not necessarily like a matchup in terms of like lining across from each other. Um, but I'm interested to watch, um, Olu Fashanu and Jalen Duncan. Duncan was a guy that we kind of knew about coming into the year. Um, you know, really massive frame. He's like six six three twenty, I think, um, really good mover for his size. Um, just want to see more consistency on a snap to snap basis and cut down on the penalties. Those were the two things um, really that I wanted to see like coming into this season. I'm not really sure that he's done that in the games that I've watched. I don't have the numbers on me, but it just seems like when I've watched um, there are some really encouraging reps, especially in pass pro. And then there are some reps where I'm like, I don't know if this is a, a guy that we should be talking about in like, you know, the top 15, top 20, Yeah. Um, but a really talented guy for sure um Maryland left tackle and then probably I don't know I would just I would think that he's the biggest riser um out of anyone in college football this season it's been Olu Fashanu for Penn State um really can't think of anyone else that has come from basically nowhere he only had one start last year um when Rasheed Walker uh, missed the last game of the season uh Fashanu stepped in at left tackle played really well um you know massive frame 66 320 you know you love the length the kid's only 19 years old that's what's crazy about what he's doing right now especially in pass protection um i think he's only allowed like pff said that he had only allowed like seven pressures on the season uh so far zero sacks across like 300 pass blocking snaps um that to me is you know that type of production that he's given you um and pass for he just looks so comfortable and Penn State you know they leave him out there on an island a lot and um you know it's not always easy I think this was something that I watched when when studying Walker last year it's not always easy to block for Sean Clifford because he's no very, no it is not scatterbrained <laughs> in the pocket like you talk about I mean he's it, he's like the typical guy where like at least for a college quarterback he's athletic enough he's mobile enough to get himself out of trouble but he's going to run himself into trouble almost as much as, you know, anything else. So, um, you know, I've been really impressed with what I've, I've seen from him in past pro. He was a guy that I highlighted for the site um, two weekends ago when they played Ohio state. Um, you know, he had that matchup against Zach Harrison, you know, Ohio state, they've always got, you know, incredibly um, gifted physically um, edge rushers, you know, and he didn't even allow a pressure. I don't think in that game uh, for what I saw. So um you know, the body of work that he's putting together as a 19-year-old, we're still kind of looking for that um, top-tier elite left tackle prospect in this class, in my opinion. Um, you know, Skaronsky's kind of been the guy that we've known about for a long time, but there's some arm link concerns there where I 
think a lot of teams are probably going to want to push him to guard. Um, you know, even I think he has shorter arms than the guy like Rashawn Slater, who I think um, has definitely proven that those concerns were stupid um, already with the Chargers uh, before he got hurt. But we're still kind of looking for who that guy is going to be um, for the left tackle position. I think Rashawn has as good of a chance as anybody to kind of like secure that either OT one or maybe slot himself maybe into like top 10, top 15 type discussions as we move forward. I definitely, I definitely agree with that. The game against Ohio state, like uh, I, I just barely, like uh, one of the things was an offensive tackle, an offensive lineman. If you can barely notice a guy throughout the game, that's a great sign. And yeah. like, just see, just seeing that. And of course they're uh, across the other side, uh, I forget the guy's name, but 44 for Ohio State. He was having a day <laughs> against yeah. against whoever he was going up against. Um, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave this a little short. But uh, Duncan, I only have exposure to him in the uh, summer scouting, and what I remember was game against Boye Mafe was where he really caught my eye. But you said he's been pretty uneven to start, to, to, like just consistency wise. I I would say so that's you got to look for more consistency and tackle and especially yeah. the guy that's traits. Yeah. And he's a good mover for his size, but like it always kind of perplexes me a little bit when guys do have good feet at left tackle, but they get beat around the edge a lot. And that, that, that to me is not, um, not great because, you know, at the NFL level, everybody that's playing edge on a snap to snap basis can win the corner. And like, if you're going to be thrown into the fire, especially early on, um, you know, as a first round pick at tackle, you got to be able to prepare for that. I'm just not sure that I see that consistency um, with him to where I'm comfortable putting him out there on an Island, but you know, a good player, a good prospect. I'm just not, um, I want to see more in, before I really put him in, um, you know, those, that first half of the first round kind of discussion. Um you know, in terms of Fashanu too, I think what makes him incredibly unique is um, the core strength that he has. You know, that ability to, um, you know, stop a bull rush, transition quickly to his anchor, um, kind of just disrupt pass rushers, um, kind of stonewall him at the point of attack is really impressive to me, especially for a kid that, like, he's only 19 years old to, so, like, yeah. Not really physically, you know, um, kind of a finished product, I don't think. So um, that that's incredibly impressive for me. Um, you know, I think that everything I've seen from him just means that he's going to, you know, rise and rise and rise throughout the process. Um, you know, we, we won't get into this matchup a ton, but, um, you know, I am excited um, to watch, you know, the big game of the weekend um, is kind of um, Bama. Uh, they play Ole Miss at 3.30. That's going to be another fun one to watch. You know, Bama's got a bazillion prospects every year. Um, you know, the two guys that have impressed me the most, um, maybe other than the, you know, obvious Bryce Young, Will Anderson guys, um, has been um, Jameer Gibbs. You know, Bama, we talked about it before the show, Bama doesn't have the weaponry they've had in the past, you know, 10 years under Nick Saban. Um but Jameer Gibbs has been everything they've hoped for and like more than they could have ever dreamed, in my opinion. Um, there are shades. I know the comp has been thrown around, but there are really some shades of like Alvin Kamara to me. Like not just how they look with the arm tape on the arms, but like 
the kid's incredibly gifted as a receiver. He made a play for Young last week that really stuck out to me when, you know, Bryce, he does this typical standing in the pocket, just kind of bouncing around, bouncing around, and then he takes off. Mm-hmm. And what, what I love about Young is, like, when he moves out of the pocket, his eyes are downfield. Like, sometimes you get frustrated because you're like, dude, just take off and get 10 yards. Like, you're, you're fast enough, just go get it. <laughs> but he wants to keep his eyes down the field. And Gibbs made a play for him last week where he was like, I think running like an outbreaking route, maybe like an option route or something like that. And Young kind of started rolling to his right. He comes back to the middle of the field to like find this like open space in, uh, in the defense and catches the ball, moves the chains on third down. Um, Gibbs is just a guy to me that like he's got three down potential from really the jump because he is going to eat linebackers alive on like choice routes, angle routes. Um, they split him out wide. Um, you know, he's he's just been a guy that I've really enjoyed watching. Um, and then just on a lighter note, I've really kind of grown to appreciate Brian Branch. He's kind of playing that money, uh, you know, position that Minka Fitzpatrick played for Saban. Um, he had some really interesting reps against Keishon Bouti, uh last week uh, out of the slot. He does a lot of different things for their defense. Really Fantastic smart. Fantastic Really smart player. I mean, the kid, when I've watched them this year, of course, like it's kind of hard on the broadcast to see like the secondary and things like that. He just never looks out of position. I mean, the, the dude's always in the right spot. They they ask him to do a ton. Plays man coverage. Um, you know, a, a lot of those difficult um, man match, zone match, um, pattern reading coverages for Saban. He's capable of really lining up against anybody. And like you mentioned, Blitzen, like he made an impact last weekend um, on a couple blitzes early in the game, got his hand on the football, I think once, tipped the, tipped the ball at the line of scrimmage. Been a really good player, fun player to watch. Um, he's got round one potential, um, in my opinion, for sure. Yeah, I think Branch is probably the second most impressive prospect on that defense for sure in terms of just how consistently he's shown up especially in that LSU game he was making so many plays in in the backfield in that game I was just really noticing his presence um on the Ole Miss side I'm kind of interested to see Jonathan Mingo against um against uh this Bama secondary Cooley McKinstry is not He's 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 not uh, eligible for this year's draft, but he's a very impressive corner. And Eli oh, Ricks um, for, across the other side, like Mingo is interesting because we 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 look at AJ Brown and you see that body type. It's it's a very imp- like you know just see that ability after the catch and just see a guy who's so thickly built just be able to move the way he does. That's a very like you know people are are going to like what they see from Mingo from a movement perspective there's definitely more i need to watch on him before getting too excited but mingo very excited to see him in this game and um Ole miss they got a really nice running back duo with zach evans um but they're fresh they're they're true freshmen uh quinchon junk judkins that dude is only nine i think he's only 18 years old yeah and he looks he looks like he's ready for the NFL now, <laughs> like with the way I've seen him run. Like he's he's an impressive, impressive runner, and I think they those two are going to give Alabama fits. Yeah, for sure. I, I really enjoy watching. Uh, I, I like Lane Kiffin's offense. Some of the RPO stuff, RPO stuff, kind of drives me nuts. But 
he does a really good job scheming things up in the run game. And I, I think it's really, um, you know, Zach Evans been huge for them uh, all season. Definitely a guy that we're going to talk about um, in terms of, you know, one of the top running backs in the class. I think right now, you know, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, um, Zach Evans is kind of that like next guy. I feel like that's kind of in that conversation um, as we move forward. So that should be a really good game. Uh, hopefully it's another good college football slate. Um, I want to tell everybody, thank you for tuning in. Um, appreciate you guys. Um, like I said, this will be a weekly kind of podcast where we're going to talk about, um, you know, draft prospects. Super excited about it. Um, hopefully you guys um, like the content, like the video. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel, uh, youtube.com slash all Steelers. Um, and we'll see you guys next week.